This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. Dynasty Podcast, broadcasting live from Dynasty Studios in Pilsen on the south side of Chicago. Haima Black here tonight, and I'm with Nolis Anderson. How are you doing, man? Good, good. Good, doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. So this is our first time really meeting. This is your first time being on the podcast. So thank you so much for coming up and taking time for this. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I've actually been to a live filming of Dynasty oh, podcast, like before. a panel. Yeah, we did? a panel. Okay, yeah, it was quite a yeah. while ago. Um, a friend of mine, uh, another photographer, uh, Elise Swopes, thinks she was yes. on the panel. Mm-hmm. I had came by, and uh, I was just kind of lingering in the shadows. So you, you probably never did. Was that at the marketing agency in Fulton Market? Yes. Or the hotel in the loop. It was in the Fulton Market. Okay, the it was Fulton like Market wood agency. Yep. Everywhere. Yeah, that was the mosaic right. agency. <laughs> yeah. We did that with her with Swopes, who's fantastic, and uh Dennis Lawrence and Chuck Anderson. Yes, those are mistaken. All good friends. Yeah, and it was just like the lineup on that was just staggering. Side note, Chuck Anderson, hilarious. Um Yes, great interview. So my name is Nolas. People don't know my it's actually my middle name. Okay. My first name is Charles. Oh. Okay. So me and Chuck have the same name. So we actually find him. We joke about that consistently. He's a guy who I really like and uh I always see his work online and I'm always like glad that I've gotten to have him on the podcast as well. So uh so yeah, we both like Chuck Anderson. But uh <laughs> shout out but no for pattern. you. <laughs> shout out Chuck Anderson, shout out no pattern. But for you, man, uh this is your first time coming up here, like I said, our first time doing a face to face. And you know, looking at your work, it's really, really impressive. And we're gonna talk all about this great portfolio you have and your style and these projects you've done. But, you know, we always start at the beginning on this podcast for somebody's first time. Talk about how you kind of found your creative voice. When did you start becoming an artist, pick up a camera? When did this start to enter your life? Uh, well, I've kind of always been in the, I guess, like art scene or creative scene of Chicago since I was in uh, high school. I guess it all started off when I started kind of hanging out around uh, Leaders, 1354. Oh, yeah. Shout out Leaders, man. Uh, yeah. Like that's, that's going back. Yeah, it's going super back. Like back to the, the first one, 1354. It was like East Leaders and RSVP. Street. Well, it was before RSVP wow, even came yeah. out. This was back when Leaders was in High Park. It was uh, oh, wow. yeah, long. Yeah. So I was like literally in high school. So it was like ages ago. But uh, yeah, back then I met Mike and Vic and Ty and Corey Gilkey and all of them. And they kind of kind of got me into that scene. So that's kind of where it always started. Um, I picked up my first camera. I picked up my first real camera probably about in 2008. Just randomly went to some pawn shop and got like a, a film camera for like 40 bucks. I still that's got so it. That's so cool. Still got it. I that's still use it every once in a while. origin. Yeah, I was like, it just started just like, so I technically started out shooting film. So I was doing that for a while. And then the first time I got my first digital camera was probably like a year later. Me and Vic actually got in a fight and broke my camera. <laughs> so, like, but he's like, Vic's like my big bro. So it was like, we, it was like a family fight. But he ended up breaking my camera. He felt bad. So he kind of helped me buy my first digital camera. Wow. So he uh, put down money on it so I can actually afford it back then. So that was how I got my first kind of digital camera, which kind of gave me a little more flexibility because just back then, like, film was, even still now, film was just expensive. It's expensive, yeah. And Absolutely. I was just young and broke and couldn't afford it. So having that digital camera kind of really helped me out. So And so when you first pick up the 
these first cameras? Was it something you were just kind of like, oh, let me give this a try? Or, or did you have in your head already, like, this is the thing. This is what I'm here to do. No, back then it was just a hobby. Um, like, back then, like... Instagram was kind of just getting started off and yeah. and even even a little bit before that I think and I didn't really I was just doing it for fun. I didn't even know like you can make money off taking pictures. I don't think anybody knew what Instagram was going to be back then. Right. And even well even outside of Instagram just like I just didn't know what being a true like photographer was like full time that it could be a career yeah, yeah. yeah a career even out like outside of like the social media aspect of it mm-hmm. um so yeah like back then i was just kind of you know going with the flow doing what everybody does go to high school go to college like back then I, i've always been like a like like i was always in the art scene but i was always kind of like a into like science and like stuff like that so i actually ended up going to pharmacy school mm-hmm. when i was after i finished college so I did three years of undergrad, and then I went to grad school for pharmacy, and then I graduated with my doctor of pharmacy, and I worked. Oh my god! And I was a pharmacist for like two years. Wow! So I did all of that. So I graduated when I was like twenty four, twenty five, something like that, and then I did that for two years. So while I was doing all of that in college, I was still shooting, Mm -hmm. uh, but it was still just for fun. So like after like the two years of like being a pharmacist and stuff, I took a break from it for a little while and kind of got more serious into my photography. And it kind of just kind of things just kind of fell into place. And yeah. I kind of just got like one gig after another, and like this turns into that, this turns into that, and now it's been like, now it's been like five or six years now. <laughs> so, so that's amazing. It moving. Yeah. So, all right. So I love that you were kind of doing this other thing you're doing, pharmaceutical work, and then it just kind of like yeah. photography started happening for you. Yeah, totally different spectrum. So when you say that, like you know, gigs started to kind of come in, or like mm-hmm. projects started happening, like. Was this when you already had a portfolio you were putting out, or how were people? How were those first initial connections happening? Um, I think it always has to do with people always ask kind of that question, just in regards to like how work comes to me or how mm-hmm. I get to work. Sometimes I think it always has to do with just networking. It's a little bit. It's a little bit of networking. It's a little bit of luck, and it's a lot of bit of talent and skill. Yeah. So it's like like I said, like I've been in the art scene for since I was 16. Mm -hmm. So, like, as I got older, as I grew older, like, the people that I knew were younger, they grew up to be other photographers. They grew up to be creative directors. They grew up to be producers or working at creative agencies and Mm -hmm. things like that. So it was kind of like those connections that kind of helped me at least open the door. Yeah. But it was, you know, the talent and the effort that I put in to help me Keep those doors open. You know yeah, well, and it's interesting. I, I teach a class at Columbia College that's built around freelancing, and I do talk mm-hmm. about how, like, yeah, you, you might meet the person who's going to give you the shot, but it's mm-hmm. like if you don't show up, if you don't deliver, and if you don't have the goods, you're not going to be able to stay. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And a lot of people are so focused on getting, and I understand, like, getting the foot in the door, but I don't think there's a near as much thought about, like, how do you stay in the game? How do you build that career with longevity? Yeah, I, yeah. I tend to do a few workshops with, like, younger kids. Mm-hmm. things of that nature and they kind of always kind of ask me like what's you know a good point to start off with and I always just tell them just like the, the biggest thing I think I tell people especially younger kids mm-hmm. is to get a circle of like-minded peers around you yeah and grow together so like like my best friends are all like in Chicago like Everybody who works at Fat Tiger Rello, Joe, Dez, Vic, all of those dudes I've known them for over a decade. We, we all grew up 
together, like sure. inner city started through leaders, like that kind of whole aspect. So we all kind of came up and now everybody's doing great. They run their own store. I mean, and they really, I mean, we could have a whole discussion, yeah, about, whole discussion their about their victories. Yeah. So yeah, it's like having those people around me, not even including them, like even going back, like my homie's Davey, who does a lot of film. He's out in LA right now, but he did Davey Greenberg. I was going to say, you're talking yeah. about Davey Greenberg. Yeah. yeah. One of my, my, probably one of my best friends for yeah. almost over a decade. My boys from high school, Nez Rio, Aaron, like all of them, they're all doing great things right now. And just like having that circle around me just kind of helps keep me going. Like, yeah, it's not absolutely. like it's not like we're in competition, but they just kind of help me. They kind of help push me to keep keep going. Like, I, every time network, I see yeah. them doing something, it's like, oh man, I like, I gotta keep going. Well, you know, and so. I feel like there's kind of two ways you can approach these things. Either you see other people doing things, and you kind of just go like, well, fuck these guys, or not you, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, some people take that, or they go, oh shit, that's cool. Like, I see everybody's like bringing their A game, yeah. that makes me want to be better. No, yeah, no, I just, I take that energy and yeah, I, I use it to try to better myself. Yeah, and that, I think that's absolutely the right way yeah. to go about it. Now, you know, we were talking a little bit about kind of what photography felt like, you know, let's say like a decade ago or so, give or take, but like now photography has become like, it's kind of like what DJing was maybe seven years ago or blogging was 10 years ago. It's like, it's like the hot thing right now that mm-hmm. a lot of brands are looking for, like a lot of photographers are sort of like the new rock stars like how does that feel like do you notice that energy does it affect you at all or uh it doesn't necessarily affect me i think the occupation of photography has definitely like increases and it has become like like, so sexy now very saturated over the last few years i think that has a lot to do obviously with instagram and social media and all of kind of that aspect but it doesn't really affect me just in regards to like the way that I'm not really like a, I wouldn't call myself like a, a very popular person on Instagram. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. I have like a decent amount of followers, but I'm not like out here with like 50K, 100K, whatever. So like, that's not necessarily like my main like way of, uh, you know, I, I guess getting resources or money from photography. I kind of, yeah. I kind of go from the back end. Like I'm, I like doing like, you know, client-based work with like agencies magazines, newspapers, and I don't really do like a more, I guess, quote unquote, influencer type stuff. Right. I mean, I would love to because it's, I mean, the more paths I have, the better, but. But I I mean, think what you're describing though, like the agency work, the client work, like that's really smart because then you have that portfolio and it's like, you have that network. Right. I have that, I have the network of just meeting all of these creative people who, you know, and a lot of times they'll end up leaving a creative agency and going to another creative agency and then they'll bring me over there and then I meet so many people. So like you kind of get to network and just kind of meet a lot more people at the same time. And also just me personally, I just kind of think that's, I think that's where, from a financial standpoint, I think that's where money is. Creative agencies, yeah. like they have big budgets, man. They do. So it's like, like clients. You, you get that stuff going, and you create that relationship, and you keep that relationship, and it just kind of flows on, and it just connects everywhere else. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk about some of these projects. So, you know, looking at your website, it's really impressive. Um, so, looking at some of the I need projects to that, uh, what's up? I need to update. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the hard things. It's like it's really easy to keep like a social yeah. portfolio going, but it's like 
keeping the website current is, is a yeah. whole separate job. Well, like nowadays, a lot of people, a lot of people, when they're looking at your stuff, they just go straight to your Instagram nowadays. So yeah. I, I, I do keep up with my website, but obviously it's not, I don't have to keep up with it as much because, I mean, as long as it's clean and it, and it still showcases like who I am as a photographer, it's fine. So I, I try to update it every, like, you know, every four, six months. It is clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So looking at some of these projects, you have a shoot you did with uh, LeBron, LeBron James. Like what yeah. was, uh, bring us in to this i'm looking at nolasanderson.com right now yeah so this was a situation where once again it was it was like it was like who you know kind of got like uh this was shot in la one of the producers for the shoot is from chicago and i worked with him in the past on austin Vesley's uh slice movie okay shout yeah. out austin Vesley. shout out austin yeah uh and yeah so he you know he he hit me up and contacted me he was like yo i gotta shoot out here in la we needed a photographer to kind of come in and just kind of grab some candidates while we're, while we're doing it because it was also like a video aspect of it as well. And he was like, you know, I'm trying to think who it was. You're like, you're one of the first people I thought of because, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, help out my Chicago homie. So, like, mm-hmm. this is kind of one of those situations where it's like you have those networks, you keep those networks, and, you know, it, at some point eventually it might, you know, work out for you. So that was cool. That was awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed it. He was there for a few hours. He was great. Yeah. Very professional. He wasn't like one of those, like, you know, you know, sometimes like you meet the celebrity people and they're all like yelling and hurry up. And right. like, but he was super cool. He was like dancing the whole time. So he was cool. That's a, I think that's what you want. Like, yeah, you want him to be what he seems like. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's he's what he seems like when you when you watch him like in his interviews. He's super chill. dude. That's pretty awesome. One of the things I thought was really cool. And I mean, this was a real moment when this happened. So Joe Freshgoods had the thank mm-hmm. you Obama line. Chance modeled that, and I did not realize that you took the photos for this. Um, yeah, you know, and you mentioned going back with all the Fat Tiger guys. So, like, talk about this project. This was a really cool project. Um, definitely one of my favorites, just because you know everybody involved was from Chicago. Yeah. So you know the the clothing obviously by Joe Fresh Goods. Um, Chance, who I've known since he was in high school, model, model, model for the shoot. Of course, we got Obama, right. whose house I literally ride my bike past all the time. <laughs> and and then I was uh, the photographer, and so it, it was just like a, just a culmination of a lot of Chicago creatives who have come a long way mm-hmm. to just kind of make this one piece. And no, it really came out awesome, and it, it spread like wildfire. This was a it was, huge it was, moment. It was everywhere. That's why I wasn't credited so much, because it flew around so fast, nobody got time to ask who shot it. So it just, everybody just so quick, to, everybody wanted to get it up as fast as they could. Right. So people were just taking it, it screenshotting it, and so it was, it was just up everywhere. So It really did live up to kind of that Kim K, like, break the internet kind of hype, where it's like, there's so many things that brands try to be like, this is going to break the internet, but this really was a moment. Like, this was a big thing online. Yeah, I, did, I did not expect for it to blow up as, as much as it did, but it, yeah. it went great. <laughs> so I was, I was very happy about it. Uh, you did something with Nike, and I know Nike works with a lot of Chicago mm-hmm. creative talent. Um, talk about working with them. So Nike's, uh, Nike's a little different. Nike's actually one of the company, or Nike Chicago specifically. Mm-hmm. Nike, they're one of the, the companies that I kind of got my first start with. Mm-hmm. Another good friend of mine, amazing infamous photographer aka trash hand mm-hmm. um he was doing some stuff with them a, a while ago and this was kind of like when i just had kind of left my pharmacy gig or whatever and i was with him one day and he had to go to the office the nike office he had mm-hmm. to go to the nike office to do something or 
something. So I was with them. So I came along with them, came along with them to the office, met the people working in the digital department, introduced myself. And they were like, oh, they're like, oh, you're Nolis. Like, um, we've been looking around for Chicago photographers and you are on our list. Yeah. So, but the simple fact that, who you know, I, right. just, I just randomly went there with trash one day. The fact that I got to meet them in person, I went from being on the list to being on top of the list. So I got a chance to kind of do some stuff with them. And that was a situation where it was just like that meeting opened the door, but just like my effort just kind of kept that door open. And because yeah. of that, I've been shooting stuff for Nike Chicago for about five or six years now. That's I've, amazing. Yeah, I've shot the Chicago Marathon four years in a row. I've shot and creative directed an entire fall campaign for Nike Chicago. And then most recently, I just did the stuff with uh, Virgil at the, the Nike Lab opening. Yeah, so, that's, a, that's a huge thing right yeah, now. Yeah, so no, so big shout out to uh, Nike Chicago. Gave me a lot of good opportunities when I had first started shooting, getting eye freelancing. So. so and I've got the cores thing here as well that's open. And, I, I, you know, I guess my question with all these kind of things, because I, I talk to a lot of young creative artists, you know, and students at Columbia College, and I think for a lot of them, having any of these, let alone all these in their portfolio, would be a big deal. And I think for anybody who's at the beginning of their journey, who's young or who's looking to get started in something like this, like, what are some misconceptions about working with these big brands, whether it's a Coors or a Nike or, or even someone homegrown like, you know, Fat Tiger, but just like, what do people get wrong about this kind of work? Well, I mean, I don't really know what people think about the certain things, honestly. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if you hear people think like, oh, my God, is it this kind of thing? And you're like, oh, no, it's not uh, that. I mean, it's not as I, – I mean, maybe it's not as stressful as some would think it would be. But the Coors Light stuff, the Coors Light stuff was actually a little different. I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a freelance opportunity. This was actually a situation where I took on an actual uh, art directing job at mm-hmm. Digitalis, but it was temporary. Uh, specifically to do the Coors Light stuff. And it was just something I kind of wanted to do just because I had never actually worked at a creative agency before. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to kind of do it and see how it was. So this is a good opportunity. It was only for like a few months and stuff like that. But I think it just depends on the situations. Like sometimes, like depending on what you're doing, like it could be it could be some type of shoots where you're it's super strict and you have like you know, you have like a whole, you know, monitor up so people can see the photos and you have like the clients breathing on your neck and all this kind of stuff just to make sure everything's right and going back and forth. Or it could just be super like chill and like, you know, they see your work, they trust and believe in your vision and they just kind of let you do it. And I think that, that was basically how the Coors Light thing went. So they just kind of let me do my thing and it uh, fortunately worked out. I actually think we won uh, We won like a, a Addy or something like that. Wow. I think it was like a creative. It was something. It was something for one of the, I don't even think it's on the website, but it was, some, it, it was something for one of the Coors Lights ads that we did. They won like some Addy, the, the, the agency won like some Addy award or something like that. That's huge. Yeah, so that was cool. I got to probably, I should probably look that up. And <laughs> yeah, that should that be on the, on the site. <laughs> I should probably put that on my portfolio. You're burying the lead. Uh, you also have this publish tab and you have... Photos that have been published in all sorts of platforms like The Reader, um, some of these newspapers that I can't read where... Oh, New York Times, yeah. GQ, stuff like this. So, like, you know, are you sending these shots out? Are you getting, you know, commissioned by somebody like The Reader to take photos of you viewing? Or how do some of these come together? For The Reader, I uh, I would get commissioned. Some of the people who uh, run, like, the photo department at The Reader, shout out Jamie, uh, mm-hmm. they would hit me up and, you know, tell me about particular story 
And it, well, they tend to bring me, I guess, like articles or stories that I guess fit my style, aka portraitures, things like mm-hmm. that, shooting people. Yeah. So anytime she sees something like that, she'll try to just she'll just kind of shoot it out to me and see if it's different situations. New York Times. So, I mean, guess technically, I guess I'm a I'm a consistent <clears throat> contributor to New York Times. Um, yeah. I shoot for them fairly frequently. I guess I don't know how definition of frequently is, but yeah. So um, I remember they contacted me probably earlier in the year or sometime last year for my first assignment and uh i was super hyped yeah it's uh, big. i mean that's a yeah, big yeah, yeah super hyped got saw an email from new york times and i got super hyped so i was i was really stoked on that it was cool for me because it was uh the, my first assignment i had actually ended up traveling to like three different cities to work on the assignment i think if you go to it i think it made the it made this the one? first page of the national section. Yeah, I see that. So it was like it was like a whole first like the whole first page was like that, and that was like my first assignment. So uh, it was it's super a big tight. Look. Yeah, yeah. So I really like that. Um, I really like just the aspect of just shooting more photojournalism, just because I think that like outside of just taking the pictures, they also just kind of have like a deeper story behind them as well. So I kind of really like that aspect about it. So just working with them really kind of you know kind of got me into doing a little bit more photojournalism stuff as well. So, so I mean, you have this really impressive body of work here. And, I mean, we could we could go through each tab, but it's like I, I think it's pretty clear that you have this accomplished portfolio, you know, as somebody who seems to be pretty, you know, self-managed and, and is doing a lot of freelance work. Like, what are the ups and downs of that? Like, what do you like about it? And then what makes it difficult? Uh, I mean, definitely being self-managed is probably uh, – a worrisome thing sometimes. I think more so nowadays just because I'm getting, I guess, more bigger projects mm-hmm. recently. So, you know, kind of handling all of that stuff and all of the logistics regarding to those things, like, are getting a little bit harder just, you know, in regards to just kind of, you know, figuring out different things. And I sometimes I got to, like, sometimes I email me stuff and I don't know what it means. I have to, like, Google it and figure out what they're talking about. Sure. And just to stuff. stay in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, so I'm not, so I don't sound stupid. And so, right. you know, I literally just had somebody the other day, like, I had a conference call for some project and they were like, oh, do you have, like, a, a representative that we should talk to? I'm like, no, it's just me. So it's like, you know, so, like, stuff like that can be a little, you know, it's new. So it's like, you know, I, I've been shooting for six years, still, like, sometimes. You know, the further I go, you know, the, the more new things I kind of see. So it's all still new. And then just also just like the ups and downs of just being a freelancer. Like it comes in waves. It, yes, still, it, still, does, yeah. it comes in waves, man. I, one month I'm swamped and working the whole month. And one month I like got like one assignment and I made like not that much money. And right. It's yeah. like, oh, man, I'm like, oh, man, it's finally over. I got to go back to being a pharmacist now. Like so it's like it, it, <laughs> it, it, it goes. It has its ups and downs. So I think those are just kind of the things you just have to be aware that that's going to occur right and kind of just like you know handle yourself accordingly just especially in regards to like finances and stuff like that like you'll have one month where you'll make you know a, a decent amount and you know i just you know make sure like yo don't go crazy because you right, don't know what's gonna happen next month next month yeah you don't know what's gonna happen next month so you know things like that so you just kind of i think those are the two biggest things just kind of self-managing yourself and just kind of just being aware of the just the highs and lows of just work coming in i'm always interested in asking that question not only because i teach a class about this kind of thing uh like i said at columbia college but it's just like i've been doing freelance and kind of like part-time and contract and blah blah for you know more or less my whole professional life and it everything you just said rang true it's like you have the good months you have the bad months you have the uncertain months where it's like i think we're going to do this 
And man, I think it's just so interesting to hear other people's perspectives on that, especially like you mentioned the financials, because I think a lot of creative artists either are not interested in learning the financials or maybe they're intimidated by the financials or they just genuinely don't know where to start with that. I think sometimes it, I think sometimes it's a little bit of both. I fortunately have a, a father who's very on it when it yeah. comes to like finances. So I've just from just from being little, I've always had the mentality of just like I don't like owing anybody anything. Sure. So I just always make sure I'm good on my end. So like if I like even like like even like a lot of people who like know me from back like when my pharmacy stuff was so like sometimes I'll get the whole oh you know you kind of have like an easy start because you were a pharmacist and you had like the you had like some pharmacy money kind of sitting there and I'm like no not really bro I'm like I like I paid off all my student loans like immediately I like bought a car like rental stuff all that pharmacy money was basically gone when I started my freelance and stuff so it was like so it was more so about me just kind of being smart in the beginning and just kind of. I was like still living like a college student. Well, know, you know, it's so interesting you say that where it's like it's this kind of like dual feeling of I think not owing people money because on the one hand when you pay all your bills and you and you pay everything you're like cool that's behind me and then you look at your bank and you're like well fuck like you yeah. know. I mean yeah, but I mean it's just this is one less thing you have to worry about is yeah. people on your back asking you for money. So like yeah, like it's yo, true. When I pay for stuff, I always pay for my credit card, but I always make sure I got it in my, you know, I always got it in my checking account to, to cover it. So that's, that's just my mentality. I mean, I think that stuff's really important. That's the real side of being a freelancer, man. But it's like you have this fantastic portfolio. Like I said, you've got these great projects here that are very apparent on your site. Uh, what's something that you haven't gotten to yet or that hasn't come your way that you haven't done that is kind of like still on your vision board, you know? Um, I, I think I want to go... I, I'd like to go a little bigger into the photojournalism aspect. I'm still mm-hmm. very new to it, so obviously I've only been doing it for over like less than a year. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'd love to get an opportunity to just do some bigger projects in regards to those things. But I guess with that just comes, you know, taking my time, putting in my work, you know, doing doing my grind, and you know, doing what I can until I get that opportunity. Also, just kind of. Just doing, I guess, larger budget projects, but mm-hmm. not necessarily for the reason of, you know, like, you know, bigger checks or whatever. I mean, that's nice, but just larger budgets just so I can be able to experience what those are like. Like, I've been on a few as, like, the second photographer or an assistant photographer for different companies where, you know, they have, you know, full pre-light days where you go in mm-hmm. the day before they light up everything at every position they know exactly what they're going to do the day before and they have like a, you know 10 15 person team that they're working with like i would love to do more stuff like that or even just see more stuff like that just so i can learn more about just that kind of direction because that's the big side of it yeah that's what kind of i would want to go to it i mean in all actuality like as a freelancer i think the dream as a freelancer is to like be able to do four to five huge projects a year. And then the rest of the year, you can just work on your personal work. Like that would be, that would be the ideal life. (laughs) So, I mean, at some point I would love to get to that level. So, I mean, but you know, you can't get to that level unless you learn. So you put in the work. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I just want to be able to get myself in a position to just do bigger things. So like, even like the thing, like the, like the LeBron shoot, the thing was huge. It was a big production and I got a chance to just kind of see, I was like, so when I wasn't working, I was just like sitting back and just watching and, you know, seeing how people, you know, seeing how people communicate with, yeah. uh, like, 
the subjects or how they communicate with people behind them and like all that kind of stuff that comes with it. So just learning from the whole process. Yeah. And I, I mean, it sounds like so much of your career has been self-taught and clearly that's right. working for you. Right. That's I mean, awesome. Yeah. So I mean, it's yeah, self-taught, man, but it's, it was a lot of, it was a lot of research. So it was like, you know, I, I try to like, you can ask like people all the time if they see me or they're hanging around me, like I'm watching photo stuff on YouTube or listening to like really boring camera podcast like all but that's the, the best time. way to learn is just yeah. to always be like what else don't i know yeah i just yeah. have it I always just have it kind of on just just because you never know like when you'll learn something else that might help you out so yeah absolutely man uh if somebody you know a brand or an individual or a collaborator an artist if somebody wants to get in touch with you are you looking for you know people to reach out and how can they do that yeah, uh, you can reach out to me, nolasanderson.com. Uh, I have like a contact link on there. Mm-hmm. You can go to my email, nolasphoto. Uh, by the way, nolas is N-O-L-I-S. I know it's not the most common name. So yeah, um, nolasphoto at gmail.com, nolasanderson.com. My Instagram and my Twitter is nolas. Also, just a shout out. I also just opened up a studio. Yeah. So I just I just opened up a studio space at the end at the beginning of June with uh, two other very great photographers. Where is this? Uh, it's in Bridgeport. It's like right across the street from Was the Joby Center. Uh, Michael? Mike and Alina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's called South Basin Windows. Yeah. So that's the name of the studio. So we just opened it up June first. So that's kind of one of the the big things I've been working on recently for the last few weeks. I want to come check that out. I love Bridgeport. That's a fantastic neighborhood. You know what? And I live like in Bronzeville, so I'm like right mm-hmm. on the other side of the expressway, but sure. I'm rarely in Bridgeport. But now that I'm over there, I'm like driving around. It's actually, yeah, it's really nice over there. It's, it's cool. Very I, interesting. I used to live over there and I love that neighborhood. If you haven't been, let me give you the best two tips in Bridgeport. Martinez Supermarket. Have you been there yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Martinez Supermarket, 32nd and Morgan. Anybody listening? Okay. The best steak tacos in Chicago, okay. bar none. And then Franco's Restaurante, it's an Italian place on 31st near uh, whatever Soxfield is called at this point. Just the, the best <laughs> I don't say pasta in the city. Okay. But Bridgeport, like underrated hidden food gem yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, also Phil's Pizza, apparently. Yes, yeah, Phil's Pizza so, over there, so too. So my studio is literally across the street. Okay, Pizza, I know the so building you're talking about. I finally went there the other day, and it's pretty good. Yeah, Not that's bad. awesome, man. But they don't open till like 4 o'clock, which is great. <laughs> that's, that's killer, though. Uh, and can people come check out the studio, or is it by appointment only? How does that work? Um, yeah, it would be by appointment. So if sure. you have any questions, you can either contact me or you can contact South Facing Windows. Um, our Instagram is just at South Facing Windows. So, uh, yeah, but, yeah, definitely by appointment only. But, I mean, you know, if you're the homie, just pull up. That's awesome, man. Great work happening. The website is nolisanderson.com, N-O-L-I-S, Anderson, and at Nolis on Instagram, man. I'm really glad we got to start this conversation tonight. I really appreciate you taking the time to come up here, man. Thank you so much for uh, being here on the podcast. No, thank you, man. I appreciate the opportunity. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at dynastypodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.